that in future he must wear a corset or brace and avoid violent exercise. From then on, he was in more or less constant pain, often having to take to his bed as the only alleviation. Work provided distraction, consolation, and a lifeline out of the self-pity into which he occasionally fell. The effect of this constant suffering permeated Curzon's character, aggravated by the steel corset he was obliged to wear. This rigid framework made him literally stiff-necked, giving him an appearance of pride veering on self-importance, a man prepared to stand on his dignity on all occasions. And, just as stiffness of body is often reflected in rigidity of mind, so his attitudes and prejudices all too easily became set in stone, while his will dominated his emotions. This did not stop him from becoming the centre of a notable group of friends, both as an undergraduate at Oxford and after. There was the masculine society of the Crabbit Club, founded by the traveller, poet and womaniser Wilfred Scorwin Blunt at his home in Sussex, which would meet for what Curzon called Beanos. He was under the impression that Bino was Italian for a festivity, in the first weekend of July when around 20 members arrived, bringing with them presents of wine, cigars and other delicacies. In 1883, he was elected a Fellow of All Souls, and three years later became the Conservative MP for Southport in Lancashire. Curzon was also a founder member of the coterie of aristocratic and intellectual men and women known as The Souls. Though the nude tennis playing of the Crabbit Club, after a long night of talk, had no place among the souls, they were equally impressed by an elegance of intellectual style. They were not afraid of expressing emotion. Indeed, they'd been christened the souls by Lord Charles Beresford in 1888, since, as he said, you all sit and talk about each other's souls, and the name was confirmed by Curzon's banquet for them of 1889 at the Bachelors Club, where each guest found on their chair a set of his verses describing the characteristics of each individual soul. Their articulateness, freedom of expression and extravagant expressions of affection made their conversation the very opposite of the convention and banality that had trickled down from court circles. One favourite after-dinner game was Styles, in which guests were given half an hour to write something in the style of Shakespeare, Macaulay, Wordsworth or Tennyson. Their influence, especially that of the female souls, on the young Curzon was immense. Beauty, if possible accompanied by voluptuousness, chic and charm, became for him a prerequisite in a woman. Many years later, when Lord Peel was being considered as a possible viceroy, he remarked in cabinet, I need hardly say that I have no objection whatsoever to our friend Willie Peel, but I feel bound to remind those of my colleagues who may not be personally acquainted with his wife that while she is undoubtedly a lady of colossal wealth, she has a calamitous appearance. Women, he felt, should be the brilliant, decorative adjuncts of a husband's career, the solace and relaxation of his private moments, rather than individuals in their own right. Even while at Oxford, he spoke in the Union against a proposal to allow women students to use the university library. Unavailingly, the motion was carried by 254 votes to 238. 
Although he preferred spending what leisure time he had with women rather than with men, he liked them, as his lover Eleanor Glynn shrewdly wrote, rather in the spirit in which other men, like good horses or fine wine, or beautiful things to embellish a man's leisure, but not as equal souls worthy of being seriously considered, or treated with that scrupulous sense of honour with which he would deal with a man. His attitude to women was contradictory in other ways. Emotional, even sometimes sentimental, his cool, aloof facade belied the longing for affection behind his imperious demeanour. He was drawn to the feminine qualities of warmth, softness and decorative serenity as to a fire. His libido was powerful, impelling him into flirtations. One young woman complained that when he found himself alone with her at a country house breakfast, he immediately tried to kiss her. And full-blown affairs were set.